And now, friends, it's time for us to pay a few bills. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music royalty collection and publishing administration, enabling 205,000-plus songwriters and more than 26,000 publishers to collect their publishing royalties worldwide for over 2 million copyrights. Be sure and visit songtrust.com forward slash pubcast to take advantage of a 20% off discount for a one-time registration just for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. And now, friends, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, it's Tim Hunsey, your host of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. In this episode, we are talking about artist branding and sponsorships with our friends Jessica Linthicum and Laura Lynn with Artistry Alliances. Here we are on our new episode of the Nashville Pubcast, and I'm sitting with Jessica Linthicum and Laura Lynn today with Artistry Alliances. Being fully transparent, I was at an artist pitch with uh, the ladies, and I was so impressed with what they were were selling that I was like, I have to have them come sit and explain this on a pubcast. And what they work with are branding, branding artists along with sponsorships and, and companies. And I thought, wow, this would be really interesting for our audience today. So welcome, ladies. Glad to have you today. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. This is awesome. And probably the easiest way to start out is if each one of you, because I know that your company's new, what you do is not, but why don't we get a little background from each of you and then you can kind of delve into what got y'all to start uh, Artistry Alliances. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of history here. Um, So I'm Jessica Linthicum and you nailed it. Great job. <laughs> Some days I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from California, based here in Nashville now for the last six years, um, and I come from the wine industry. I, I have a background as a wine sommelier. Um, and then I got into radio while I was in California on the Central Coast with a little station called KJUG 98.1. Um, and I fell in love with that side of the business and, and radio and music and events and everything came together. And it was just like, all right, I think I want to do this forever. And uh, happened to meet this guy who has been in the industry for over 20 years and and we fell in love. He walked into the radio station one day and and that was it. So I, I moved here to Nashville. And, um, you know, before all of that, I was also doing product placement with MTV um, awards and Golden Globes and placing product in some of these award events and charitable events. Um, so I just had this bug of I knew enough about the wine industry to get me in trouble. I knew enough about the radio industry and how it worked um, on the back end and that non-traditional revenue would all these radio stations were trying to do at the time. And then I had a husband that was supporting me in moving to Nashville. Um, well, he dragged me along, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I had no choice um, because that's where he was faced. And uh, I met Laura a year ago um, during CMA Fest. And we were introduced by both of our husbands. And this you know, conversation just started and we were like, oh my gosh, we speak the same language. This is so foreign. We speak brands and artists and music and product placement. So we decided to uh, take over the world recently, <laughs> start Artistry Alliances in February of this year. Yeah. Uh, and my background, Laura, is um, I've been in the film and television music radio industry my entire life. I had my first job on a movie set in Los Angeles when I was 17 years old. And I have basically worked for myself in the industry, whether I was in front of the camera, behind the camera. I owned my production company. I have delivered films and, and shows for HBO, Cinemax, and Travel Channel, and produced anything you can imagine. 
on the TV side of things, and then started my own radio show on KLSX, the FM talk station in Los Angeles. So a little radio <laughs> history for both of us there. And um, started working then again with my husband, who is an artist, um, and finding him sponsorships and partnerships and getting him on TV and then getting him to score TV series and getting him to score music for TV shows. And all that kind of led to a bigger arena for the product placement and tying the artist with the brand. Literally, I think my husband's is tagline here in town is is that he has more sponsorships than any other artist including the large ones and that's because we started to just really build partnerships for him which was really key as an independent artist to have those brands then that kind of ties in you know a lot of revenue for you to have to feed into your career and then when Jessica and I met um, we did speak the same language and we decided you know this is something that nobody else is doing for for these artists in town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while the booking agencies have a sponsorship side of things, you know, they do focus on a lot of the bigger artists. So how do we get that same playing field for the smaller and medium artists, Mm -hmm. basically? Mm -hmm. And then we just said, let's launch our company and do what we've been doing separately for years together. love that idea. Like I said, I, I am so intrigued because I know in, in our world today that a lot of companies, and particularly in the publishing side of the world, that we are working with, with artists, developing artists, and trying to advance their career takes money and exposure. And it seems like you have found the perfect combo of ways to fill that void sometimes. I mean, we support them on the publishing side and, and sometimes independent uh, labels will jump in and label services. But I just really think this is a really great uh, pairing what you guys are, are doing. So one of the things I think would be a great way to start is it's kind of a chicken or the egg for me here. Like, which comes first, the artist or the sponsorship? Or is there kind of a uh, it just depends kind of and I'm not sure how to really phrase that question properly, but I, hopefully you understand what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. Yeah. You know, it's it's the wild, wild west out there right now. And and this is with any genre. So it's not just country. It's rock, pop, hick, hop, comedians, all sorts, um, you know, where they it's, you know, to your point, Tim, it's actually they have to have that social platform. They have to have a personality. They have to be able to engage so much so that the brand's going to want to invest at the end of the day. You know, we can't take a brand, um, a concept, if we don't feel confident that they're going to deliver. Um, you know, so a lot of that weight goes back onto our shoulders and and who we take on as client first in this town um, and what the pitch is, what the ask is. You know, if they don't have new music, if they've been kind of stale or quiet for several years, that's a harder ask. Um, probably not as much money to tie back to that artist at the end of the day. I mean, how else would you answer that, Laura? It's it's it, Every artist is different, right? Yeah, every artist is different. And they come from both sides. So at least in our experience with who we've been working with so far, mm-hmm. we'll have a brand come to us and the brand can say, hey, we like artists A, B, C, and D, can you, or someone in this realm. And so we might hear from the brand and then go to the artist and say, hey, are you interested in this brand? What we really like to do is we go to the artist and say, give us your favorite brands. Who do you already use? Who are you already a fan of? Who is in your kitchen? Who are you cooking? Who are you, where are you stopping at with the band on the road to eat at? You know, what beer are you drinking? What whiskey do you drink? And then we go to the company and find the right pair. So I think it's exactly true. There has to be substance there. Now, for the independent artist, that's a little harder. 
you know, but you can, if you don't have the tour dates, but you have great social media, you can use that, you know, you mm-hmm. lean on that, you know, the deliverables can guide, um, where the artist is going to push the product. It's great if you're an artist and you have tour dates and you have a record deal and you have all these things, that's great. But for those up and coming acts, let's find what will make that brand want you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm listening, if I'm an up and coming act and and I'm, I'm looking to try to get into this realm of sponsorships, I'm hearing that I, that I have some work to do. Let's just say if we're starting at square one, what would be some of the best advice? I kind of heard some bits and pieces in, in what you've already said. What would you advise them to start doing? I mean, obviously touring. Let's just say that they're already kind of a beginning touring act, uh, you know, very headliner, not a ton of dates yet. What are some things they can do to make themselves look more approachable to you and the brand? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything comes back to to socials now, right? I mean, that's the world we're living in is um, instead of pulling up a website, people go to your Instagram to see if you're verified, to see, you know, if you have a website linked to it or new music. Um, are you active on your story post? Um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as YouTube platform is, is a place where fans go to see how legit this person is going to be if it's the first time they're ever hearing that artist, right? Well, the same applies for the brand. So if if the brand is unaware of who this person is and we're trying to sell them this new up and coming person or indie, um, we send them to those pages only if we feel 100% confident that it's a place we want them to go look first. So when we start working with someone, it's definitely, you know, popping up that hood and going, all right, we need to fix and tweak some things. Um, maybe less posting of this, a little bit more posting of that. And definitely want them to speak in the most organic fashion as possible mm-hmm. um, so that it resonates. Mm-hmm. Well, and on that note too, um, there are some things to keep in mind too. Obviously never purchase, ever purchase any of your socials to get a higher number. People will tell you all day left and right that Ooh, if you have 50,000 followers on Twitter, you're automatically going to get X amount of numbers, but it's more about the engagement. So as a hint here, I would say if you've got you know, you're an up and comer and you've got 2000 followers on your Instagram, make sure 2000 of those people are liking and commenting. And if you don't know how to get them to do that, do some research. If you're an independent artist, you got to work a little harder, right? You've got to do your own research. And there's plenty of tutorials and stuff to figure out, like, how do I get more followers and more engagement on Instagram? It's hard to weed through the the not so great ones to the good ones, but there is an algorithm. There is, you know, how many hashtags you should use. There is how, you know, what makes for engagement, you know, asking them a question, making them respond to you. You know, if you have 10,000 followers and you've got 300 people liking your post, that's good engagement for 2,000 followers. So then they'll look at that as well. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is, you know, it drives us crazy when we sit and we meet with an artist and we're going through their their questionnaire, right? And we're asking them, what kind of underwear do you wear? What's your dog's name? What kind of dog food do you feed the dog? What do you drink? Like Laura was saying earlier. And they're funny as hell in this interview. And then you go to their socials and they're boring and stale. And you go, okay, I want to strap a GoPro to your head or your band's head to capture these funny moments because that is what sells at the end of the day. It's emotions, children, dogs, pets, and that humor. And that's what resonates. So we just, you know, you can't make a star. And at the end of the day, you just, you have to cross your fingers and hope that they're willing to naturally reach out and partner with a charity or to put their dog on social media and talk about that or to talk about their hobbies when they're not touring or, uh, 
you know, just going through the everyday motion. So you're looking for ways, and what I'm hearing on my end is that that for an artist, you really need to find ways to be engaging in your socials, uh, not just with the people, but you as a person. And and a lot of artists are engaging. That's why they do what they do, and they're on stage. But it's also learning how to develop that through their social media and other aspects of their lives. Kind of a little bit of advice I'm hearing, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would also say make sure you know the difference between the three platforms. Well, four. You mentioned YouTube too, but. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are completely three different platforms. You cannot post the same stuff if you want good engagement on Facebook that you do on Instagram. They have their three different purposes and learn to use them for their purposes. Oh, this is new insight to me. Although I know I don't post anything too racy or saucy on my Facebook because that's where my family follows me. They don't follow on the Instagram so much. But so, so I do know they have personality just from following. I mean, kind of feel and just looking mm-hmm. at what people post, yeah. just yeah. myself. Yeah. And actually yeah. one, you know, one other social platform that we actually all forget about and I just forgot about in the moment is Spotify. So Spotify is now being treated as your social platform. You can post over 250 photos and videos to that. They want you to update it and use it as a social platform. And so I encourage a lot of artists to look at their streaming accounts and make sure it's updated and their bios are updated and their music is there and they curate a playlist. And then there's also some updated photos too. Now I'm going to flip to the the brand side, the, the company side that come out. Cause I know like in the, uh, in the sync world, we get a lot of requests for, uh, and, um, for music. And a lot of times when they send that, they are looking ideally for an up and coming, they want to attach to an up and coming artist. They like to be a part of a story, a breaking thing. And, and help that along. Are you seeing that now in some of the sponsorships? It sounds like that's a yes, but like, what, how, are they getting more aggressive in that world of taking some bets on up, up and coming artists as well? Definitely. I, we've seen a lot of brands that have said to us now, all right, instead of spending $5 million on one artist or a million on one artist, we'd rather spend $350,000 on six artists. Let's spread the love. Let's see who hits. Let's try different genres. Let's dip our toe into a female and a male. So they're starting and then see what works. And then you can build from there. So we're getting a lot of that. A lot of brands really want to, and they all want to be on the team of the up and comer. We were with them from day one. You know, they want to have that aspect too. And a lot of brands are really supporting that. Mm-hmm. And on that side, what what are their expectations generally when they're providing these funds and, 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 and branding with an artist? What do they typically expect in return? Well, that's the fun part. So that's why we're Artistry Alliances, because we have the ability to create. So we are just like the artists in that sense that we create everything for the brand. So... We are taking these concepts that are in our minds and putting it in a little pitch with tying it with a little bow, praying over it and going, all right, let's hope this works. And we, you know, we do some research on the brand side. We see what their current marketing campaigns are. We talk to their marketing executives and make sure that what we see and what we think would fit would be the right approach. Um, And then we marry an artist to that concept. So... Not sure if that answers it, but no, it I mean, does. Yeah, and we're a lot of times they're delivering social media. Um, every brand wants exclusive content, whether it's videos or posts and those sort of things. Um, but what we like to do is really create something different than just a logo that's slapped on a you know step and repeat and the meet and greet. That's the, that's the old go to, right? Um, or the logo on the side of the bus. That's great, and that's still a good thing, and we like to include that. But we like to be more creative. How can we? dip into new things that's never been done before. You know, how do we get creative with the artist and the brand and make it beneficial for both? 
and every deal is different. Is there, without giving up any special sauce or any secret marketing techniques that you're currently using, is there an example that you can give of an artist that you've worked with or a package you put together that you're, you're, you're like, can express that? Sure. It's interesting. You know, one of our new faves recently, talking about a new artist, is uh, with Riser House, Jordan Rager. Uh, we big finished. Fan. Yeah. Love Jordan. Yeah. We finished a big deal with Zaxby's. Uh, nationwide and we're launching a tour in a few weeks where he's going to have the insane Jordan Rager tour and he's going to go through a bunch of Zaxby's locations and college markets he's going to perform, sign some autographs um, you can talk a little bit more about the Snapchat lens because Laura's <laughs> a big fan of the Snapchat lens she created for them <laughs> um, and we've placed 50,000 free downloads into this promotion so Jordan as a new up and coming artist he's going to be able to get his music out there. Um, so there's just a lot of cool elements mm-hmm. to it. So go ahead and talk about your Snapchat well, lens, Snapchat Laura. filters I see are becoming really hot new things to create, yeah. which is crazy to me. This is all, uh, it moves so fast. So I, yeah, I'd love to hear about it. No, yeah, you're right. And and there is a Snapchat filter that people think of when you're on a location and it'll just say the location underneath. But what we've actually done is take it much steps further because we have a great team that we use for our Snapchat lenses. But We've created an actual 3D entity, which is the big Z. It's the Zaxby's chicken. And so when you open your your Snapchat lens and you can be anywhere, you can place that chicken and he'll show up and you can make him walk around and he has little chicken feet and he pecks at stuff. And it plays Jordan's music <laughs> behind it. And then the, the lens can also take you to his webpage at jordanrager.com backslash or slash Zaxby's tour. Yes. And um, they can download their free download from there, find out more information about Jordan so the whole idea is drive everybody back to the artist and their music you know you get the free song but then that's going to make them want to go buy the the next single you Mm -hmm. know and the other music that they haven't heard Mm -hmm. Um, and this will go viral the chicken is so darn cute yeah he's really cute Like if, if somebody approaches, what does that typically look like? Uh, like say if I'm an artist and they come to me, do, do a lot of them just offer cash and go, here's some money, but I expect X, Y, and Z and, and back? Or is it usually now more branding slash advertising, I would call it? Does that make that, that question yeah, make sense? Yeah, I mean, setup? a lot of branding and advertising is going into it because at the end of the day, we want the brands to feel like they're getting something in return. Rather than just a one-way road and the brand gives up the money for the artist and then the artist just has to deliver per what their contract says of what's written up. Those were the old days. And I think where our success stories come with Artistry Alliances is when both parties are willing to put in the sweat and time to put, you know, put forth this cool creative marketing element throughout the year um, or longer. You know, we, we hope every deal is longer than a year. Yeah. And, and, you know, for most of our deals, there is a dollar amount attached to it. But that doesn't always come with the smaller acts, you know, in the beginning, at least. Um, and, but that's the goal. So one thing I would take away if you're an independent artist from this conversation is, you know, there are certain things to do. And those freebies that you get offers from maybe from your friend, hey, I'm going to send you a free pair of sunglasses we post. Yes, but... Don't tag them. There are certain things we would tell you to do and not to do um, because it's getting saturated and watered down. And then it's much harder to go back to that company and ask for money and ask for a bigger deal. If you've already been taking their free stuff forever, 
then why would they up it? They're, you know, so it, it kind of, you know, we probably should do a, a class, hold a class and do like a kind of a 101 to help artists on what to uh, do and what not to do. That was exactly, that, <laughs> you just lend into a great question. A segue is obviously a key is don't take too much freak rap. Right. That's what yes. I heard. But, yes. but also some Water obvious down. things that they should avoid because you just nailed one there. So I wouldn't have thought about that. But. Yeah. And you know what? I will say one artist that I had worked with in the past, they, they kind of wanted a deal just a deal so they would post about one airline and then the next week the other airline was their favorite and then in the next week that other airline was their favorite and we will tell you that brands will tell us we will go back through your socials and find out if we you legitimately love us mm-hmm. and so we just had a conversation with a huge company and they said you know we pitched our artists and they said so we'll go back through their socials and we'll see how many times they've actually been wearing our product so don't just try to get a deal. Go for after things you actually love and mm-hmm. use on a regular basis. Because even if you love this water and the water's just in some shots that you've had for the last five times or it happens to be on stage with you every time and use the same brand, that's good enough. They'll they'll go back and see that water sitting on your stage and that's great. But don't use five different waters and try to tag five different waters and then then try to go after the deal. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I, I It's no... It's the same advice, actually, in a different way I give my kids. I'm like, eventually you're going to want a job, and eventually somebody's going to go back through all your social media posts, so be sure what you have on there is what you want them to see. And one of my daughters, and I probably didn't name where, but she just had a company that told her that she had to clean up some stuff. And I thought, well, there you go. I told you that would happen one day. She was a little grumpy about it on one thing, but she let it go. And I said, well, that's the same thing. You're giving the same advice of, it's really being mindful of what you're doing, and especially if you're if you're wanting to move forward and make yourself look uh, look good for branding and sponsorships, and you need to be aware of what you're doing and what you're posting, and and think about these things because a lot of, as you said, I think it comes down to short term gain that a lot of them are looking for. But as I heard you say, you're looking to build long relationships with with artists and brands, and and you can see successful artists that have done that over time and built out their brands successfully on that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and you know, I think the other thing is be edgy, be different. I mean, there's so many artists that um, will be copycats or they'll post the same backstage shot every weekend. And we all know you're an artist. We all know that you're hitting the pavement hard. You're on the road. Send some, you know, post some things where fans can truly see who you are. You know, who's driving that Sprinter van? What gas station are you pulling into? And do you Sharpie each other's faces when you're sleeping at night? That's the stuff we want to see because then we want to go after Sharpie, right? For the next video and do something funny like that in a music video. But I think the cool thing is with Laura and I and, and, and the history and the background of product placement is product placement has been around for a long time. It's been in movies, movie business forever. I mean, that's what was funding movies back in the day. And the early 80s, you know, the first huge deal was with Michael Jackson and Pepsi. Well, I remember it very well. So, you know, his $5 million deal that came from that um, and, and what they did was a music video. And so it started with that. But I think we can do more today. And I, I actually challenge ourselves and the artists to get creative and, and do other things for brands. What are some more the more unique, and you might have to think on this one, unique pairings that you've seen that don't seem so obvious that you, it, whether it's something you did or something you've witnessed to go to your point of, wow, you wouldn't have thought of that, but that was a great pairing and it worked out really well. I know what I would say. Go for it. The Guns N' Roses 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. Um, 
we work with 1-800-Flowers and we've done some deals with some artists, but one that you would not see happen, which was Guns and Roses. And they did Black Roses and a 1-800-Flowers um, deal. And you can probably talk more about it than yeah. I can. I just heard of it and I was like, what? Yeah. That? That doesn't seem like a normal pairing, but it worked really great. Yeah. I mean, you take that example. It's just like, it was perfect. I mean, you take the name in a rock band and some people would be like, oh, I'm not going to partner. If you're a rock band, you're like, I'm not going to partner with 1-800-Flowers. That's crazy. But when you're Axel and Duff and, and all those guys are like, yeah, I'm going to do Black Roses and we're going to deliver this stuff, right? Was it for like a Black Valentine thing or was it tied into it was something? the release was... of their new album at that time and they had codes that went out to, uh, you know, album release plan. And so first so many albums that were sold, they got a free arrangement. It was really cool. So, I mean, you hear things like that and you're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, that inspires us. You know, it really does. When we see things in, in press releases, it's like, okay, we're, we're on track. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one thing that we're doing that doesn't help, we, we're partnering brands with brands. So aside from the artist stuff, which, so we're partnering some, which we can't talk about yet, but we're partnering some very unique brands with some other very unique brands that you wouldn't typically go, those don't go together. But hopefully we'll be able to announce those sooner than later. Not like beans and weenies, I guess. Let's go together. Okay, I'm going to keep an eye out. I, I, I am intrigued by that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. 